Welcome everyone to the Neil World Order Podcast, coming to you late here on a Saturday night, about to be Sunday morning. Um, sometimes the night just gets away from you, right? I usually try to get down here 9.30, uh, Didn't happen tonight. Um, you know, before I even get into the... I was just thinking, uh, we were watching um, True Crime. Uh, I've got my daughter hooked on it now and uh, we'll watch random shows on Discovery Plus or uh, Peacock now has a whole line of them that are out there and uh, we were watching one last night it was about this crazy guy that was like I don't know I guess harass cyber harassing or uh, he was calling them so I don't know harassing uh, realtors like all across the uh country like you know good looking uh female realtors or whatever he'd call them and say all kinds of unholy stuff he was going to do to them um to their kids etc etc you know that he was gonna eventually it would get more violent but um he was using uh like an app that's like you know makes pretend phone number i don't know they call it like a voice through something uh you know online and my wife brought up an excellent point and she was like why does an app like that even exist because you wouldn't do anything good with it to start with and uh we all kind of sat there dumbfounded for a minute and we were like yeah i mean there's no reason for that to literally exist where it creates you know you pretty much it was saying he could create fake phone numbers from you know he just punched an area code and make it look like he was in Vermont or Ohio or Montana, like wherever. And he would just harass these these realtors that he'd found online, you know, through their Facebook pages and so on and so forth. But it was an excellent point. And I'm like, okay, so was this app literally created for people to do such things? Makes you wonder. Uh, anyways, so... The last couple weeks, I feel like I really slacked on talking about the uh, music correlation on of the show. At least, I, f I feel like I have. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. So, um, I'll give some insight into last week's uh, chapters. Uh, it, it's an homage to a song written by Gavin DeGraw, sung by uh, country music star uh, Brett Young. Uh, it's kind of one of those biographical songs that tells the story of life events, and, and uh, it's kind of relatable. I mean, a lot of country music is. I think that's what probably makes it one of the more popular popular genres out there currently. That, and it's kind of almost kicked into, like, country's become what pop used to be. I would say there probably really isn't pop music anymore. It's just kind of like weird stuff, hip-hop country maybe there's some rock and roll to be found more the rock and roll is probably found in the countryside just like pop than it is anywhere else but um yeah it was just kind of relatable i think to where that episode was going and it was it was a very long episode so i don't think i ever really got into there were portions of it that i just kind of skipped over and stuff as i go which i i do all the time a lot of times i will do my own intro opposed from the scripted intro because i usually start these things on like tuesday and it's like okay it, i mean it's saturday but sometimes like so much has changed you know because the world's always spinning and it's like okay that's not really i'm not there anymore i'm i'm, I'm here 
So, yeah, that was that. And then the episode before that was Monkey Business, which um, it was originally going to be satire towards the whole monkeypox thing being sold by the media as, like, the next pandemic. pandemic. But I feel like that kind of just... They just realized, okay, no one's going to go for that, so let's let's just drop that. It reminds me, like, for those of you that watch wrestling, um, they'll give a character, you know, like a performer will get a, a gimmick or whatever, and, and it just sucks balls. And they'll just drop it out of nowhere, like change his name, do everything else, and expect you to forget. Wait, two weeks ago this guy was dancing around like a flamingo guy, and now you're saying he's Irish or something, you know. But it, it kind of like that is what monkeypox was. You know, and then I think in preparation for that episode, the uh, Uvalde, Texas events happened and, you know, the show's kind of organic, so it always tends to change directions. But I felt like, you know, we just kind of forgot about Sebastian Bach and Skid Row. Um, And you all know I am a huge 80s hair metal uh, music lover. I mean, that's kind of what I grew up on. I'm kind of like an 80s, 90s kid, so, like, hair metal was my thing, and then, you know, before that whole shift into the 90s with, like, Color Me Bad, Belbiv DeVoe era, and I know you're totally laughing. Some of you are like, who, what? Um, Skid Row, honestly, was great, though. You had 18 in life, youth gone wild, I remember you, wasted time, monkey business, and so many more. Um... I actually think Sebastian Bach still tours on his own now or, or with his own version of Skid Row. I feel like a lot of the uh, nostalgia bands, like retro bands, you know, the old bands, they still tour, but, like, there might only be, like, one member. Like, you know, you, know, you have Journey, and they have the new lead singer because Steve Perry just kind of is a hermit and doesn't like to do anything. Um, anyway, so basically I just really wanted to, kind of go back and give some love to some great music or at least music that I really enjoy because I mean I don't know if all of you love all the music I talk about I know some of it's out there some of it's stuff you've heard of some of it's whatever Um, that brings me to um, this week and probably my favorite Nirvana song uh, something in the way Um, I stated before that I personally feel Nirvana was perfect Um, you know and I'm not I'm not talking about the craft. I'm just talking about what the band was. Like, some people may misinterpret that as they were the best musicians, the best singers. Like, no, as a band, Nirvana was, it was perfect. Um, Their music connected with everything, and in a lot of ways, it changed everything. You know, the, the pain and realness in Kurt Cobain's vocals, I think it reached a lot of us who, at the time, were kind of finding our way, and maybe sometimes we still are, um, you know, I was thinking the other day when when I was putting all this together and I was like, you know, had he lived, you know, what would what would Nirvana be today or would there be a Nirvana? Um, you know, and I think for those of you that are you know familiar with Kurt Cobain, his suicide and everything, my mind kind of carries over to uh, I believe it was like one of the last things he wrote in his note. And he, it was a quote from a Neil Young song and it was it said. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Um, and I don't think I would have liked to have seen Nirvana fade away. Um, you know, although Kurt Cobain's death was tragic, and, and it would be amazing if he was still here. And there's, you know, like I said, there's just something about Nirvana. And, you know, maybe they'd still be on. Look at Pearl Jam. They still uh, 
tour. They release music. They're still very relevant. Uh, huge following. Um, you know, you kind of had those big bands. It was like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Um, maybe you could throw in the Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, like, all those guys lost their leads. Eddie Vedder's kind of like the only one still out there. You know, Chris Cornell's gone. Lane Staley's gone. Uh, Scott Weiland's gone. And it's, you know, it, it's tragic and it's crazy. And it's like, okay, you know, where, I don't know. You know, and maybe there's something that that just surrounds Nirvana because of everything that happened with Kurt Cobain. You know, and I find it interesting, too, that, like, people either love Nirvana or they hate them. There's no one that's just like, oh, Nirvana's okay. It's almost like um, the Beatles, you know. A lot of people love the Beatles. Nate Hansen hates the Beatles. Um, you know, and as far as Nirvana, there's just something about them that I think I w I've always been drawn to since the first time I heard uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, you know, and, and maybe at the time it was like the anger and the sadness. Um, it was just one of those things where like, even maybe if I didn't understand the song, the music resonated with me, and, and it still does. I still, you know, I listen to it a lot. I found here lately that, uh, you know, for a while it seemed like I was open, and I do listen to some new music. I never really listen to the radio much. I mean, I have the free satellite in my car right now. Um, you know, and if I'm listening to the radio, it's usually like the highway, uh, which will play some new and current country or some of the old country stuff stations I'll listen to, like Prime or Y2 Country. I like 80s on 8, 90s on 9, Lithium, which is like 90s alternative, Hair Nation, uh, or I'll listen to like, uh, and I think it's Fight, whatever the, it, it's a mix, it's, it's combat sports channel, but there's a wrestling podcast uh, called Busted Open on there with uh, Bully Ray, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry, and uh, oh my God, I can't, I can't, Dave LaGreca was the guy that put it together. I almost forgot his name, but that, you know, I, I'm never sure when it comes on, so it just gets replayed and I hear it on there from time to time. But um, yeah, anyways, back to Nirvana. But, uh, so, like, you know, I'm always listening to, like, my playlists and stuff. So, it's always, you know, I found I've really been listening to the music I grew up on, you know. And I'm, if I listen to new music anymore, mostly it's, it'll be a country, you know, country artist. Or something my daughter will be like, hey, listen, it's like one day we're driving around. And, granted, my kid's going to be 18. And she would like maybe listen to BTS and I said like the Korean boy band or K-pop or whatever it's called. And I mean, some of it was okay. A lot of it, I don't know what the hell they were saying, but it almost sounds like um, I don't know, white kids singing uh, new edition songs. That's kind of what it reminded me of. But you know, so like when you're listening to your old music, you know, a lot of mine's '90s grunge, hair metal, whatever. Tons of Nirvana on there. Uh, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, whatever. But, uh, you know, and, and I'm always bummed that I never got to see Nirvana live. Um, I don't even think there was an opportunity anywhere around me. You know, I feel like they kind of came and were gone. And, you know, they might have done some Lollapaloozas uh, in the short stint. I mean, you, I think the closest... You know, when I think of Nirvana Live, I think of their uh, iconic MTV Unplugged performance, 
which apparently MTV is still doing. Um, we were watching something the other day, and they were doing 21 Pilots Unplugged was last week or something. So I was like, I guess maybe occasionally they still do it, or maybe they just don't promote it or show it as much, but it, it is out there still. But if you've never seen um, Nirvana's Unplugged performance, YouTube it. And I know I, it, it literally is perfect. Um, it's everything you kind of would have hoped for it to be. Um, I actually own it on vinyl. I have it on CD. It's in my Apple Music. Um, and I usually watch it at least once a year, you know, just because it's it's so good. Because, you know, a lot of the bands would go on there and they'd play, like, all their hits or just the songs you all know. You know, Nirvana kind of took it and played music they liked. You know, there's a David Bowie cover. They did a couple Meat Puppet songs. Um, you know, they did some less popular songs, some older songs, you know, and obviously they closed with, um, where did you sleep last night? Which, you know, is kind of like the lasting impression. We all have a Kurt Cobain, uh, before his death, you know, and I think when I watched it, you know, I remember watching it like the first time it aired. You know, at the time, I don't think I realized how truly amazing the performance was. You know, or also that it would be like the last time that a lot of a lot of us would actually see uh, them perform. Um, you know, and they performed something in the way uh, on the show. And having always liked the song, it was, it was you know, with any song you kind of like, sometimes when you see it live or you see it performed, it kind of brings a whole new life to it. You know, there's a different energy with live music versus listening to you know, your CDs, records, or MP3s, whatever, you know, and, and if I do this from time to time when I really enjoy a song, I like to dissect things, um, you know, not like bugs or people or whatever, but um, I like to know stories behind things, you know, songs, uh, origins, and such, <clears throat> and so the title of the song, Something in the Way, speaks to, uh, in an interview, Kurt Cobain said, he, he just simply stated that there was always something in the way of being happy. Um, you know, and, and I think some of the lyrics I was reading, it described a time when he was thrown out of his home and apparently had lived under a bridge down the street. Um, and he talked about how at one point he'd actually spray paint when he was, the song was in his head, spray painted the lyrics. Uh, to that song on a wall under the bridge and obviously it's since been painted over but um, you know and I think the lyrics also have been interpreted so many different ways which a lot of songs are um, you know people believing it was about his addiction to heroin and the living off of grass refers to him hiding his pain in uh, marijuana um, you know and, and it's kind of interesting you know this song is something in the way and I think about the song almost being the complete opposite of the song uh, Something by the Beatles, where, you know, George Harrison describes a fondness and appreciation and <clears throat> all the things about a woman he's truly in love with, you know, and then here in this song, Cobain is lost and hurting and just kind of trying to navigate through his alienation in life. And I thought it was a neat comparison. Um, you know, and there's always, you know, you can always find something in song lyrics, a lot of times relatable. And I think at times for me personally, especially lately, you know, 
that something is in the way at times of your own happiness. And, you know, it could be, for a lot of us, it's unresolved feelings, issues, struggles, I don't know. Things that kind of hold us back from the freedom of enjoying anything, you know, and everything to the fullest. You know, it's our minds. Like we always say, our minds are our worst enemies, because they are. You know, and you just have to let it go. Simple, I know, right? It's easy to say, but sometimes in these moments of struggles, when you really see the power, the power of your mind and your conscious, like sometimes it is unreal, you know, and the hold it can have over you. Um, <clears throat> especially, I mean, lately, like look around. There's a lot of things that could be in the way of your happiness. I mean, depending on, you know, your lifestyle and your stat, I mean, gas is getting ridiculous. Inflation, um, the lasting effects of the inflation that will that we'll have going forward, and I feel like a lot of us are um, just cautious, cautiously watching the world right now because I think we know it's all about to burst, or at least our country. You know, and and there's just so much. You know, every day gas prices reach a record high, and and there's no signs of letting up. It's not like okay, we just have to get through. June or we have to get through July, you know, and nobody in power or anybody who could probably put a plan in order to kind of address it, uh, they're not doing anything about it. They suggest <clears throat> electric cars, which, <clears throat> sorry, I, I'm going to drink this whiskey. I'm a little raspy. <sighs> electric vehicles are such a fucking clown show. It's not going to last. I don't care how many commercials, how many celebrities. Kia can put... I love Jason Bateman. They can put him in every electric car commercial till the sun goes away. It's not going to happen. This is not long term. Um, I mean, think about it. They're more, they're more difficult to maintain. On average, they're double to triple the cost of a normal car. They have half the life. And all in all, they're actually worse for the planet. But you see, they do the they do the cool commercials with the celebrities and people plugging things in. And you think it's the future and it'll make things better. It's a scam. Like it's going to cost you ten grand to replace a battery. It's still charged with electricity that is used by mining coal. So it's you know, as far as the fossil fuel thing, you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, and I feel like it makes sense, though, you know, the whole push for this and the scam of it. Because we're at a point where I feel like everything is a scam or propaganda. Like, you know, everything is just like this trick or we're trying to get you to follow a narrative, you know. And we're just on this road to perdition. Like, we're just doomed. Um, so as fuel costs rise, obviously everything rises. You know, eventually, it, my thing is eventually logistics may just come to a halt because it just won't be profitable to ship or move things on top of it being able to you know truck drivers and all that stuff short staffed as it is from the <clears throat> the ports trying to receive and process things to getting it from said ports into trucks and wherever you know and the shortages will just continue to get worse like i said do you think they're bad now stick around Food factories continue to burn all around this country. Um, you know, look at look at the baby formula factory issue. It was kind of the precur precursor to the shortage. Supposedly there was some issue. Um, you know, 
and honestly, all of this compounding, this is what systematic design looks like. Like, all these things didn't just happen together as a coincidence. Remember, coincidences do not exist. So in the span of a few years, like, the great economy and this budding, I don't know, new height that, you know, maybe American innovation and everything was going towards just fell apart organically? Come on. That's not how it works. It was like dominoes, you know, it, it, Things were put in place in a certain way to where one goes, the next one goes, it goes da, 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 until they all fall down. You know, it starts with COVID. You test people's fears. Uh, you test their fight. You see how easily they can be manipulated and controlled. Um, and, and I honestly don't think they expected it to work as well as it did, which is a huge fail by a lot of the citizens in this country and still failing as I still see masks and you know you asshats out there wearing them in alone in your cars outside walking your dog i saw a guy at quick trip the other day which if you're from the wisconsin quick trips like the best gas station in the world um he was getting gas wearing a mask he even had gloves on but then as he walked into the store he took his mask off like come on what the fuck but okay so back to the food shortages as we kind of dissect this um we've all been to the grocery store lately i'm sure i mean you got to get your food somewhere if you're one of those people that grow it on your own man props to you you're the man but um <clears throat> i was fortunate enough right before i came uh down here to go live a, f a friend i went to high school with she had shared a, the list of all these plants that um are issues that are that are compounding this whole supply chain thing as far as food um, you know, and there's no end in sight to this. And like I said, nobody's trying to address any of the issues and, and it's not really being talked about, but like, I've got some other stuff here further in the script, but I'm, I'm going to read to you since 2021, I go down this list. There have been, and I think I underestimated how many it was. There have been 95 issues uh, whether it was uh, fires, plants destroyed, uh, accidents that caused shutdowns of food processing plants, especially with like turkey, duck, chicken. Um, you're looking into everything from, I'm just going to periodically go down. Uh, Kellogg's plant being shut down in Memphis. You had a... Where's it at? Uh, Wisconsin River Meats processing facility destroyed by fire. Uh, Ten days later, Bonanza Meat Company, El Paso, Texas, fire. Same day, uh, Shears Food Processing Plant in Oregon explodes. Let's see, what do we got here? Uh, I mean, these are all things that are happening within days of each other. Plane crash, uh, another fire, fire, F a lot of chicken farms, fire, fire. There's a, like, that's why there's, there's chicken meat, like chicken breast is hard to find now. One, you know, the cost of it has gone way up. But like I said, there are 95 things on this list. And you're not going to see the media talk about it because they don't want you to 
they don't want you to think about it. We're starving babies right now. We're, we have, we'll get to starving the adults later. But, um, yeah, it was, what, June 3rd, Howard Lake, Minnesota, fire on a chicken farm killed, I think there's a, there's a number listed. Let me get here in my different part of my notes. Da, 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 da. Uh, I can't find it. Anyways, thousands, usually when these places go up, you're talking anywhere from 50,000 to 300,000 chickens that can be destroyed. That's a lot of eggs. That's a lot of meat. Um, <clears throat> you know, two days or like four days prior, there was a similar event in Waco, Texas. Uh, there had been another one in Minnesota in late May. Um, you know, like I said, there's no coincidences. This is just continued issues that have been going on since the first issue in Monmouth. Um, fuck, I forget where Monmouth is. I want to say Virginia, but it was Smithfield, Smithfield Foods had an issue. And that was in April, April 30th of 21. So kind of as we were almost maybe trying to come, we were going into the summer of COVID or whatever. But all this has created such supply chain issues and shortages. Experts are actually predicting that a dozen eggs could be $12 by September. That's insane. It used to, some places used to be 99 cents, $1.50, whatever. Depends if you get cage-free, organic, blah, blah, blah. But you're talking a dollar an egg. That's just a few months away, folks. It's, what, mid-June, the 12th, coming up on? Um, you know, you look at the price of chicken the past two years, same with beef, pork, it has doubled. Demand isn't creating this. There's not more people just, there's probably actually less people eating meat than there were 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> it's the lack of supply that is doing this. And I guess I look around, I see a lot of things happen in this country, and I'm like, well, I didn't think that was possible. Uh, you know, and if you're fortunate, the rising costs just make you bitch a little more, uh, plan a little differently. But what if you're not? You know, and I was thinking about that. What if you're someone with a tight budget, uh, you know, maybe a single parent, perhaps someone who lives check to check, which a lot of America does and doesn't get talked about enough. I cannot imagine the stress of doing that in these times right now. Uh, you know, and I've been there in the past, you know, and, and times weren't crazy. You know, things were just the way it was, but I was living, you know, having to budget and think about things. And it's not fun. So now you throw in the cost of fuel, all the supply issues, and it's got to be terrifying out there. You know, and for people out there navigating this and struggling, I, I really feel for you. You know, I, I do. This is terrible, and I, I hope you're all managing and just keep moving forward. Um, but I, the one thing I would ask you, assuming you listen to this podcast, I guess, is remember this struggle in the next election. Because a lot of this didn't have to happen. You know, and the crazy thing is, instead of talking about the things, you know, like I saw a great post the other day when they started the January 6th primetime hearings. It was like, you know, instead of talking about June 10th, we're going to talk about January 6th because they've got nothing they can tell you about June, nothing they can make better about June 10th. So 
we're going to take you in this misdirection from the current state of things by constantly going back to January 6th. You know, that huge trespassing event that uh, somehow became an insurrection. Meanwhile, nothing was burnt down, destroyed, looted, or, you know, they rolled out the whole political theater on this. You know, try to convince you how dangerous the events were. When, honestly, the only person killed that day was shot by Capitol Police. But they're going to keep selling you this narrative about Capitol Police being killed. It's lies. A guy had a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, There were a couple other health-related issues and deaths within the week. None of it was tied to violence at the Capitol. It was just, it was easy to peg it that way. They say the stress or the, I don't know, PTSD of the event, which... None of that could have been diagnosed that quickly. Um, but, you know, the whole thing was a serious threat to democracy. And it's crazy because we literally had um, last week uh, some crazy liberals trying to kill Supreme Court justices. And that's not a threat to democracy. But people trespassing and walking still in between the velvet ropes of the Capitol building when... of them were let in by the Capitol Police because, you know, those big doors are about 10,000 pounds and whatever. But they're selling you this narrative that this was just an attack on our democracy and freedom, you know, by the same people selling you this narrative that they watched businesses and cities across the country burn and they called that peaceful protesting. Honesty, it's... It, honestly, it's complete idiocy. Like, the, I, I would love the opportunity to sit in front of someone who genuinely is trying to sell me how terrible and, you know, this whole narrative that January 6th was, oh, my God. Like, this, it, honestly, the election was a bigger threat to our democracy than January 6th. And... And here, here, here's a hard take. And I, I thought about how to write this and say it, and the whiskey may make me say it wrong, but like this or hate it, if the people in the Capitol had been black or draped in rainbow flags as they stormed the Capitol, and even if they had stormed it and burnt that motherfucker to the ground, there would not have been the uproar by the media that we're seeing now. That's a fact. You can like it. You can hate it. I'm right. I'm 100% right. Uh, You know, MSNBC and that 12-year-old boy, Rachel Maddow, would be calling them the saviors of the disenfranchised or comparing them to fucking Gandhi or something. Uh, It's completely ridiculous. You know, and it's... And the capital, it's not a white thing or black. It's, It's the narrative. Like, that's just how they wanted to paint it. Um, you know, and, and that's how the media is just bad. All the media is bad. There's not good media. Um, you know, every talking head on TV is a traitor to the very fabric of this nation. They sell division. They sell, they sell everything. They want everyone united in these small little sects that all click and fight together or fight against each other, and nobody gets along in a big large group because if everyone stopped looking at the dividing themselves into small groups and dividing themselves, you know, and just united in a large group, they'd realize, hey, there's way more of us than there are the people trying to fuck us. But a vast majority of the country can't see that because they're just, they're glib. 
<clears throat> but, you know, and, and all they do is get on TV, the media, and point the finger at this person and that person. That's kind of what, like, the bad guy would do. You know, it's not me. It's this person. It's that person. It's Donald Trump. You know, Trump's been out of office two years, and they're still trying to blame him for stuff. Like, he has some hold on things and not, you know, only the fact that Joe Biden is brain dead. I mean, Joe Biden's probably been brain dead for 25, 30 years. It's just blatantly obvious now. You know, and it that that's all, that's all the media is. It's just this big, fast-talking circle with pictures and rhetoric that never, it never stops talking, but, like, it never says a thing. Like, there's never anything worth hearing. You know, and even right now, they, they love this whole gun discussion. Uh, it seems like every day the media is tossing another gun violence story our way. You know, you would think the whole country is as dangerous as, I don't know, the streets of Chicago or Los Angeles, both under Democratic leadership with some of the strictest gun laws in existence, and are completely two very dangerous places that you would not want to be. <clears throat> but, you know, enter the myth, they like to enter the myth that, especially Chicago, they love to throw this out there. They're like, that all the gun crimes in the area are committed with guns purchased legally elsewhere. You know, which, okay, if guns are purchased, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's just like the whole Buffalo shooter who drove 200 miles to uh, commit a random act of white supremacy, which honestly was really just an assassination on someone who was seeking a patent on a water hydrogen motor, but whatever. I, and I'm not trying to minimize gun violence or saying it doesn't exist. But, like, the statistics on gun violence are so skewed when you get reports because they include suicides. Um, you know, and I agree. We completely have an issue with violence in this country. You know, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but the problem isn't solved by disarming people who follow the law. Um, you know, like every time there's a rape, we don't want to go cut the dicks off every guy, you know, or shorten them or make sure nobody can ever get an erection or lower test. Like, seriously, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just like this whole new world and they're going to do everything they can to try to take, even you, you even had like a handful of Republicans, uh, in the house vote to, it's never going to pass in the Senate. They want to raise the age to buy a rifle nationally to, like, 21, which, whatever. If somebody wants to do some shitty, crazy-ass, evil things, they're still going to get their hands on it. You can make all the laws you want. I mean, it's illegal to kill people. People still kill people. <clears throat> so, you know, when you think about it, since Sleepy Joe was installed, we have the highest inflation ever, highest gas prices ever, um... You know, and that changes on the daily supply chain issues. They're, they're honestly the worst they've been since the 70s, So, which is crazy to think the 70s was like 50 years ago, which makes sense because I was born in the 70s, but whatever. And I think the biggest thing we're seeing is no one wants, you know, well, we have no one who wants to work. No one is trying to work on any solutions. We've completely thrown morality out the door. You know, the only science that they want you to trust has been bought and paid for. And we're only in two of technically Biden's four years. I think the, the one of the things 
the Democrats could do to save themselves in the midterms is say, hey, we're not running this fool in 2024. But I think part of it is they don't have, they don't, if they say that, people are going to be like, well, who are you putting out there? And the cackling horror is no more popular than he is. So I guess all we can do is hope for legit results in the midterms. Um, maybe sit and ponder what the next pandemic will be. You know, and, and tell ourselves the worst is yet to come because I, I do believe that. I think we'll be okay. Um, you know, it's always the darkest before dawn. Um, but the thing that blows my mind, and you'll see this in 2024 if, if he runs or whoever, there's still going to be diehard Biden and Democrat supporters, like, out there. Like, there's no reason to support these people. You know, and you'll never get a logical reason out of them. You know, it's the same people that they're on board with murdering Supreme Court justices and the unborn, but they worry about protecting kids in school. They think all schools, when you send a kid to school, they're all going to die, but abortion is fine and killing judges is fine. So good luck trying to reason with those people. Um, you know, it, it's it's crazy times at the end of the day. Crazy times. You know, I used to always tell people, um, worry about what you can control. You know, which works in a lot of aspects of life because in a lot of ways, I mean, you do control your own happiness. I think, um, you know, you control what you let, you know, I don't know, manifest in you and what you let roll off. But, you know... It's hard when you look at there's so much negative going on that it can really break you down. And I think sometimes, you know, we're all guilty of it. I think the important thing to do, look at, look at the blessings you do have. You know, like, as much as I hate what it's costing me at the pump, I also know, hey, I'm still blessed that I can afford this. I, I don't want to have to pay this much. And I could think of a hundred better ways to spend that extra money, but, like, it isn't going to kill me, you know, and <clears throat> I'm thankful that I'm not one of those people that's maybe having to make hard choices with everything going on today. So hang in there, pour yourself some whiskey, uh, you know, be like Brandon, blare a little Florida Georgia line, put on a flat brim hat and dance around and Daisy Dukes. But uh, that's all I got tonight, folks. I appreciate you joining me. Um, same same time next week. So uh, have a great weekend. Everyone be safe. And later.